This is a Kick Podcast brought to you by Crazy Ideas College. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Kick Podcast where we chat to either inspiring young innovators or good and clever people who understand the forces of change in our world. Our mission at Kick is to equip, connect and unleash young people to do crazy good in the world. Welcome everyone, I'm Kieran from the Crazy Ideas College team. Crazy Ideas College, Kick for short, is on a mission to equip, connect and unleash young people to do crazy good in the world. All around us we can see that our institutions, organisations and communities are changing in surprising and interesting ways. As part of our efforts to equip young people, we're talking to clever people who can help us understand the forces of change and share wisdom on how young people and the communities around them can set themselves up to succeed and prosper. We're thrilled that we've got Dr. Nita Cherry with us to discuss mobilising energy and leadership. Welcome, Nita. Thank you for that introduction. Brilliant. And uh, Nita, there's a few things we just want to share with the audience so they've got an understanding of your work. And the first is that you are the author of the book, Energising Leadership, and it synthesises much of the wisdom you've gained over the years and covers concrete ideas for leadership in action as well as considering how we engage and mobilise the energy of others. We should note it's available through all of your usual online bookstores as well. But we also want to note that you've been influential in shaping executive development in Australia, having undertaken executive and leadership coaching for the corporate sector, big banks, mining uh, and government. You've had a diverse career, which includes being a psychologist, consultant and university professor. And that diversity may be part of the reason you've been able to bring a unique approach to your work around leadership. And Nita, I think it's fair to say that people participating in some of your activities were thrown into scenarios where applying the old rules and approaches were not sufficient. And in doing so, you invited people to find new and novel ways to lead. So welcome and a big thanks, Nita. We've got a different format today whereby we're going to give you the floor solo. Uh, and so you can share your thoughts uninterrupted. So mobilising an energy, uh, feel free to take us away, Nita. Thank you very much for that very generous uh, introduction and I'm very happy to be here and able to take up this space. This podcast is called The Practical Magic of Day-to-Day Influence or how the, even the smallest actions of one person can make a very big difference to the things that whole groups of people try to do. Now, my starting point for this is that I'm constantly surprised by the number of people who honestly don't believe they can be influential. They don't believe they can influence how other people use their energy to do things like solve serious problems or pursue good ideas or get useful things done. And I'm equally surprised by the number of people who don't realise just how easy it is to derail, interrupt or waste the energy and effort of other people without even knowing it. Now, I think that's worth talking about because human energy is precious. It's what's present when we're alive and awake. Human energies include the power of our minds to think things through, the power of our bodies to move through space, to touch things and to use things, the power of our emotions 
to drive our feelings and actions, the power of our imaginations to create, invent and make sense of our experiences and the spiritual energies that human beings bring to their lives and work. Human energies are the powers that come from body, heart, mind, imagination and spirit. Without those energies, nothing happens in the human domain. But here's the thing, mobilising those energies so that individuals and groups can more easily connect up their efforts, focus them and sustain them to get things done. Well, that just happens to be one of the most central challenges of human experience and always has been all over the world. It's a challenge that touches every one of us, whether we're always aware of it or not. So in this podcast, I'm going to offer you three propositions or provocations. The first proposition is that influencing is an activity. It's what you do. It's not who you are. The second one is that nearly every day we all influence the energy and effort of people around us in our professional and personal lives. We just don't always recognise when and how we do it. So most people seriously, really seriously, underestimate the impact they do have or could have on how day-to-day situations turn out, for better or worse. The third proposition is that deliberate constructive influence is a practical day-to-day activity that we can all have a go at. I like to think of it as practical magic that you can draw on when you need to and want to. So let's start with the whole idea of being influential and in particular the idea of what I call the influential people club. If I asked you to think about influential people that you know of, who would come to mind? Take a moment to think about that. Who did you think of? If I changed the question and asked who are the influential people that you have actually met, now who comes to mind? And if you take a moment to reflect on the names you came up with, what do you think actually makes someone influential? I've asked thousands of people those questions in my working life and here's what they most often say are the things that make people influential. The first one, having the authority of being a recognised leader or that goes with being a designated manager in a formal role. That one probably comes up most often. The second one, having charisma or being a big personality, being in the limelight, that's another one that comes up very often. And there are three others, having a big social or professional network, controlling things that other people want and being a recognised expert. I'm going to suggest to you that the people who we think of in these ways actually belong to a relatively small and exclusive club, the Influential People Club. But if you don't have those credentials, does it really mean your influence is insignificant, that you can't be a person who helps to mobilise the energy of other beings to do good things? That brings us back to my very first proposition, that influence is an activity. It's what you do. It's not who you are that matters. I've spent a lot of my professional life thinking about influential behaviour 
And it's true that a lot of my work has been about leadership and working with people who want to develop their leadership practice. In my book called Energising Leadership, I've defined professional leadership as the work of people who deliberately help to mobilise, to focus and maintain the energies of other human beings. The key word here is work. When people are doing professional leadership work, they are deliberately creating certain kinds of interpersonal and organisational environments, the kinds of environments that make it easier for people to connect and commit their energies to the goals of their groups, their organisations or their communities. Now, that's very different than defining it as a bunch of skills or qualities that only particular people are born with or can acquire. Just repeat, I believe that influencing the energy levels of other people, influencing how they apply their energies, how they sustain them and refresh them, is stuff that people do. It's not who they are. And influencing human energy is not just the activity of people who are authorised leaders or are recognised as leaders by other people. It's something we all do, sometimes intentionally, but mostly without thinking about it. Which ties into my second proposition, that for better or worse, nearly every day, we all influence the energy and effort of people around us in both our professional and personal lives. We just don't always recognise when and how we're doing it. So most people very seriously underestimate the impact they do have or that they could have on how day-to-day situations turn out, for better or worse. We might not be aware of it, but in countless ways, we actually do it. In small ways and in bigger ways, we influence people we know and sometimes even people we don't know. You're probably aware of how your own mood and your own thinking and behaviour can change just because you're in the same room with other people. What you might be much less aware of is that others can feel, think and act differently when you turn up. Have you ever thought about how the energy of others changes when you turn up or engage with them? You might not have. So let's unpack that question a bit more. Much of the time your presence might be energy neutral. The other person doesn't register you in energy terms. They aren't affected one way or another by your being there. But people can also feel better or worse in your presence. They might feel just a bit brighter or reassured or pleased to see you. Their mood shifts a bit. The expression on their face slightly changes. Or they start talking, shift position, lean forward or relax. As a result, their energy shifts a little. They might feel a bit more active or a bit less tense, and sometimes the opposite can happen. They feel just a bit less good, a bit less focused, and a bit less at ease. Now, much of the time that isn't a big deal, but sometimes it really counts, and what you say or do either opens up a lot of extra energy and enthusiasm and action, or just shuts those things down a lot. So I believe it's important then when you do actually notice situations where you can make a positive difference, you also feel able to constructively influence what's happening. And that ties into my third proposition, that deliberate constructive influence 
is a practical day-to-day activity that we can all have a go at at least some of the time. As I said at the start, I like to think of that as practical magic, a practical magic that you can draw on when you need to and when you want to. Practical magic is a kind of magic that's not sensational. You don't produce a wand, wave it around and make a flash of light. There's no drum roll. There won't be any audience applause. This kind of magic is often quite subtle. It might even go unnoticed at the time and be recognised only down the track by a few people. It will often be focused on things that seem small and it's generally low risk. A more common description of practical magic is high agency. A person with high agency, a person who makes practical magic, does all or some of the following sorts of things. For example, they pay attention to when a situation calls for more than the usual responses. They recognise when a situation could turn out differently if someone made it easier for other people to act differently. Sometimes the magician will be the person to start the ball rolling if others are holding back. But mostly they will publicly encourage someone else who is trying to ask a question or suggest an idea. We all know how it feels to suggest something and have your idea die on the table in front of you because no one responds to it or worse still, someone actually kills it off. But it doesn't have to be like that. Lots of people have pointed out that the most influential person in a room is often not the person who speaks first, but the people who speak second and third. By taking an idea seriously, by asking questions and opening up the discussion. When you want to, you could be one of those people. There are lots of other ways that practical magic can be made. A person using practical magic will sometimes intervene if a group seems stuck or challenged, even if they themselves are not clear about a final outcome or solution. They'll often do this by refocusing the group on what's possible, like baby steps, even if the challenge is hard. They draw out the expertise of others rather than trying to be the expert themselves. They can help or encourage people explore a number of different pathways for achieving something. They act on the principle of can-do, encourage people to find workarounds, to quickly regroup and develop plan B, and encourage people to be resourceful, to make do with what is at hand. Now that might sound like a long list, but practical magicians are realists. They don't try to do all of that practical magic all of the time. However, they do know that they can and they will when something matters enough. And they know that if the first thing they try doesn't work, they have some other things they can try. So let's finish off the podcast on a bit more detail for some of the practical ways you can make a positive difference simply by energising the conversations and situations that you encounter every day in your life and work. Here are some examples of practical magic in action. The first one is simply support someone else who is having a go at being being practical magicians themselves. This is probably the easiest thing to do. You might just say, 
that sounds interesting. Tell us a bit more. You're not agreeing with the person, but you are encouraging them to be heard and you are sending a signal to others to listen. Here's a second example. Actually demonstrate or model a way of thinking or acting that opens up possibilities and pathways for others. You might say, before we say what's wrong with this idea, can we all try to build on it, make it stronger, not just talk about what's wrong with it? A third example is share examples of useful stuff you have seen or heard elsewhere. You could say, this mightn't be exactly right for us, but it could be worth considering if we tweaked it a bit. Another example is to encourage a fresh look at a familiar situation. You might say, what else could be going on here? What are we perhaps missing because we are so familiar with this situation? What else is possible? What could we we do differently? And finally, you could notice and call out stuckness. You might say, does anyone else feel we're just going round and round in circles on this? What could help us change track? A more probing version of this is to question our attachments to particular ways of doing things things that we complain about but don't change. You might say, what do we gain by not changing our practice? Are there hidden benefits to us in just doing what we always do? Now, hopefully there will be other examples you can think of for yourself, but those are some that might start you thinking about the the whole business of being a practical magician. These might all sound like simple things, but I'll say it for a third and last time. Most people seriously underestimate the impact they do have or could have on how day-to-day situations turn out. And one of the most negative forms of influence is to simply go with the flow, even when you know, you absolutely know, it will just waste or water down the energy and effort of others. Remember, you don't have to try practical practical magic all the time. Just know that you can try it sometimes that you don't have to be a bystander and equally that you don't have to be a hero. Here on a final note, here are some triggers for exploring the development of your own practical magic. Ask yourself a few more questions over the coming days and weeks. Questions like, what sorts of situations did you actually influence this week? What kinds of influence are you aware of using? What opportunities did you pass up because you weren't sure how to be helpful? or you thought it would turn out badly if you tried? How did you feel when you did try? Were you able to regroup and have another go if your first attempt at magic didn't work out? And what's the practical magic you could try out next time that's low risk? And what's going to be your plan B? And finally, who would be a good sounding board for you? Someone who could give you useful feedback on your practice of magic. We've covered a fair bit of ground there, so thanks for your patience. But I do hope that some of those ideas are helpful for you. And above all, stay energised. Thanks a lot. That was lovely, uh, Nita. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing all of that in an uninterrupted way that enabled all of us to sort of flow with the wisdom that you were sharing and particularly appreciated the you crafting uh, a beautiful and evocative reflection for all of our listeners on the practical magic of leadership and especially the invitation to consider how we turn up uh, especially when that situation calls for more or matters. Nita, thank you very much for that beautiful share. 
uh, and uh, we welcome everyone to join us again for the next conversation. Thanks, Nita. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Crazy Ideas College podcast. See you next time.